Hello, I'm Janet. And I'm Amber. And we are two girls and a bottle of wine. Because men like boobs. And girls like wine. It's Friday. When was the last time we podcasted on Friday? Have we ever podcasted on Friday? I don't know that we've ever podcasted on Friday. I think we've podcasted on like Saturdays and Sundays, but never a Friday. Right? So I think we're a little work tired, but mm-hmm. we have some adult beverages to make us feel better yes. <laughs> about life. What are you drinking? Um, I am drinking a wine that I have been wanting to try for a while. It is a Pinot Noir and it is um, Juggernaut or Juggernaut. Um, it's got like a picture of a lion on oh. the t- front of it, like a really scary lion. And it's really good. Nice. It's a red wine. Yeah. And you're drinking Truly Lemon? Yes. I have a lemon one and it's halfway done. So I've got a backup of orange. I ah. like the citrus ones. I can't do citrus. Ugh. Have you tried any of the Trulies? They have berries. Uh, yes. Do you like them? I, I do like Truly, yeah. I like them because they're 100 calories, one gram of sugar per can, and only two carbs. Exactly. They're also really refreshing, so they're really nice. And it's hot. Uh, yeah. Let's. I, I can't. I don't remember the last time it was October 9th, and I was like, whoa. And I'm, you know, Steve's coming home within the next week. And... um. He likes to keep it pretty cool in here. So I'm just like relishing in the warmth. So the air hasn't been on for two weeks. And I open the windows at night, get the air in. But this afternoon I was like, Janet, I didn't turn on the air, but I'm enjoying the basement right now, which is rare to be in a tank top in my basement. Yeah, it's been stupid hot. Our house has been at like 78. So I turn on the air until... Nick goes to bed. And then Mm -hmm. when Nick goes to bed, he turns it off. Because then overnight, like, it gets so cool that by morning, our house is at, like, 62. So, which is amazing. Yeah. But it's supposed to get cool this weekend. I think Sunday? I don't know. I don't watch the weather, but I'm super excited. I think the high Sunday is only 60. And we've been in the high 80s, breaking records like nobody's business. Rock on. Bring on the cooler weather. I don't need the SNOW, but I do need the cooler weather. (laughs) We spell it out. (laughs) Yep. So we were going to have Ashley. Ashley. We were. We were going to actually record on Wednesday, but my computer failed us. And all three of us hopped on. We were going to record. Ashley's back. Woo! And my computer, like... Oh. I know. I think we have we got more content in the last, like, couple seconds we've been talking than we did that night. Right. We didn't get past, like, a minute of recording. <laughs> and I was like, guys, got to stop. Guys, got to stop. So I think I figured it out hopefully and we seem to be flowing but unfortunately we, we lost ashley she is getting yep. ready to come back to colorado but i don't want to give away anything that's going on in her life because when she finally does come back that's going to be like half the podcast yes exactly she's got lots that's she's got lots of stuff so we have been contacted um by a movie movie representative we're gonna be in a movie no i'm just kidding um <laughs> And we have this amazing opportunity. Um, there's a movie coming from Paramount Home Entertainment called Spontaneous. It's a, a film based on the hit novel by Aaron Starmer, which I hadn't really heard of. I think it's more of a, a, te- a young adult novel, but I may check it out after this. Um, and we have five digital copies of the film to give away. So Woo-hoo. if you're listening... Message us on Instagram or Facebook, and the first five people to do that will get a free digital copy. Amber, do you want to tell us a little bit about the movie? Uh, yes, I do. 
So um, it is written and directed by a gentleman named Brian Duffield, which this is his directorial debut. Woo, Brian. Um, right? And it stars Catherine Longford, Charlie Plummer, Haley Lobb, Piper Parabo, who I love, and Rob Hubel and Yvonne Orji. Um, I guess it is a limited release. Um, and so this is a very great opportunity. But a woman by the name of Mara Carlisle meets the boy of her dreams just when a pandemic of her fellow students spontaneously exploding breakouts. Wait, like they're little they're little literally exploding. Yes, that is correct. They are exploding. The people are exploding. <laughs> yeah. And so when these students in her high school start to explode, literally, <laughs> Mara and Dylan, uh, Dylan is played by Charlie Plummer and Mara is played by Catherine Langford. They struggle to survive in a world where each moment may literally be their last. So as an unexpected romance blossoms between them, Mara and Dylan discover that when tomorrow is no longer promised, they can finally start living for today. And after the death of many of her friends and her boyfriend, Mara must come to terms with what life means to her. Yeah. So guys, get ready for the most outrageous coming of age love story about growing up and blowing up. Yeah. <laughs> so um, follow us on Instagram at, at the number two girls and wine messages through there or on Facebook, you can message us through there as well. First five people get a free digital download because people aren't going to movie theaters anymore. So this right? is it. And we all know you need something to watch. So yeah, let it be this and learn to live for today. Yeah. Speaking of watching, I'm very excited for the CMA Awards. I know. November 11th. I'm excited about it too. Time is just flying. It really is. The fact that Amazing I mean, Race starts next week, I'm like, what? How and, I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic still, but hey, it is the year is almost over. But speaking of the CMAs, the hosts were announced this last week. Reba McIntyre, who's dating mm. an actor from CSI. Did you see that? No. You Google that right now, Amber. I'm going to. This is insane. And when does she start dating that person? Uh, I don't know. It was announced this week as well. <laughs> oh. And she's going to be joined by Darius Rucker. So Reba has co-hosted like five times. This will be her fifth time. But this is Darius's first time. And it's going to be live from Nashville's Music City Center. So that'll be interesting to see how they're going to do a live CMA right? award show. That'll definitely be interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, she's dating a guy named Rex Lynn, from who previously starred in CSI Miami and most recently has been part of Better Call Saul and Young Sheldon. What? Oh, yeah, he oh. has been in Young Sheldon. He plays the principal. Yeah. You I are forgot. correct. Dang. I was a big CSI Miami fan. Were you, Horatio? The you glasses? know, I was, a, I was a fan for, like, six to eight months when I like first moved to Colorado for some reason it was like all I watched and then I never watched it again mm. so, I think it was yeah. one of those shows it was on at all hours of the day and when I worked yes. overnight radio I gotta say while well, songs were playing and I wasn't talking I was watching CSM Amy there you go <laughs> all right dancing with the stars yeah so Carol dancing Baskin was out last week Thank God. Disney already happened. And it was kind of like, is there going to be enough to watch? Any drama? Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. There was drama. Oh, yeah. There was drama. And with Anne Heche. I know. So this week, they focused in on songs that meant something to them. Mm-hmm. And so um, each star kind of had a story behind the song that they were dancing to and what it meant for them and kind of gave us a little bit of an insight to who they are. And so, you know, for our love, Caitlin Bristow, um, she dedicated her song to uh, Jason, which it was so sweet. I almost cried. They were so cute. And watching Jason watch it and have him cry. Oh, so adorable. I love them. And that's my favorite but, Luke Com- Combs song. It's how I fell in love with Luke Combs. Be- beautiful, crazy. If you haven't listened to it, listen to it so now. Good. Yeah, it's a really good song. Mm-hmm. So she did that. And then um, Anne Heche. I don't remember. Do you remember the song that she danced to? Because I don't have that information. But she... She danced to Rise by Katy Perry. Okay. So she gave a little bit of the insight to what it was like dating Ellen DeGeneres when she fell in love with Ellen and at a time when it wasn't as acceptable, not that they aren't still struggling now, but like it was a little bit less acceptable to be out and gay in the entertainment world back then. And she talks about how hard it was to say, you know, the, her producer or whatever from the show she was on at the time said, you can't bring Ellen to this premiere. And she did it anyways. And, She talked about how she was then like banned for the next 10 years of ever acting and she was removed from her role. And um, it was it was disheartening, but it was so interesting to hear her story because I don't know that I've ever really heard it. Um, And although it was in such a little short quip, like it was a really great story. Mm -hmm. But she (laughs) then was um, after the drama. So there was drama Mm -hmm. um, as they were narrowing down everybody. Now, I don't remember who it was, but Tyra Banks made an error, maybe? and It wasn't Tyra making the error. Her cards were wrong. Yeah, it wasn't Tyra. But everybody is blaming Tyra. Because that's and Yeah. And they all want her fired, even though, whatever. But um, at the end, Anne Heche ended up getting voted off. Right. So she began announcing the couples who had been spared... From um, elimination by a combination of views and judges. But she accidentally dismissed Aldama, saying she was safe. And then she dramatically copped to a live TV error, bringing Aldama back. And it was Aldama and Anne Heche that ended up being in the bottom two. Yeah. So Anne was um, not chosen to stay. Because in the end, the last three, there are the three judges decide who gets to stay. And um, they gave their votes to the other couple, and their reports uh, that Anne Heche just stormed off. Didn't do interviews? She didn't do any press, nothing. She got in her car and just sped away. And um, a lot of it was because that story was so hard for her to recap and to kind of relive those moments. And then to be voted off that night was so hard for her that she just couldn't handle any of it. Right. But she was on Good Morning America the next morning, so... Was she? She okay. needed a good night's sleep. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be hard. They mm-hmm. go through a lot. I mean, they're spending hours in that dance studio. It's emotionally and mentally and physically draining. So let's give her a little grace. Give Tyra Banks a little grace, people. Right. AJ McLean brought the Backstreet Boys back. All right. Oh, my God. That was so much fun. So much fun. I loved that. Ah. Uh. 
And he, yeah, he's he's pretty awesome. He was probably not on my radar as one of my favorites from the boy band, yeah. but he's quickly rising. Yeah. Yes, I know. I saw a meme that was um, of NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, and it was like, remember when this used to be our biggest, like, side of who we wanted to be on, or our biggest debate? Right. Oh, oh you should God. share that meme to the two girls page. It was so funny. I'll have to find it again. I I don't remember where it was, but it was funny. All right. Mass Singer. Yeah. So, so the last time we recorded was on a Tuesday and Mass Singer was the next night and they like blew it up. Like they changed the whole thing. There's they a group did. B. Well, so there's normally, so the last couple of seasons they've done it, there's been a group A, group B and group C. Right. But they did they and, wait to because this is my first full yeah. season. It was a little weird that they did like group A and then group B and then bent back to group A. Um, so that was definitely a little bit different. Uh, yeah, I don't know that group B. It was really good. They were really interesting. I was not a huge fan of the ending, but oh, you mean when the gremlin? Yeah. So I don't know Mickey Mickey Rourke. Very well, but what I know of him, he's a little like cranky and a little like, This is my world, you're just living in it. So he was the gremlin, he sang Stand By Me. Um, and before he was about to exit the stage, he told Nick Cannon that he wanted to take his mask off right then and there. (laughs) Says it's too damn hot. Um, so no one got to vote, he eliminated himself immediately, but he said it was fun. I mean, it's fine. It's just the way that it all went down, and it was just this weird, I don't know. Like you said, Mickey Rourke is a wild card. Yes. But uh, we also got to see the snake, Mm -hmm. um, which is the first Masked Singer costume to feature animatronics. Mm, Um, Yeah, and they performed uh, I'm Gonna Be 500 Miles by the Proclaimers, leading um, guesses to his identity of John Legend, David Diggs, and Leslie Odom Jr., I feel like this group was very interesting because there was also like the, what is it? An alligator crocodile. There was a crocodile. There was a seahorse. A whatchamacallit? A whatchamacallit. I thought that was. And then the little baby. The baby alien. That no, so nobody can see their body or anything. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's going to be interesting. And then before this week's Masked Singer, there was a bit of a tease that there might be a new singer added to the to the lineup, but the costume was just um, Robin Thicke's <sighs> big head on a cardboard cutout. Um, yeah. People thought it was going to be Joel McHale. And it yeah, was Joel McHale. It was, yeah. <laughs> I, I do mean, he's love on every Joel season. McHale. Yeah, he's yeah. great. I love him as a guest He host. is. He's See, again, funny. this is my first season. So I'm, I'm going into this with Virgin Eyes. I don't know what oh, yeah. to expect. He was on it like five times last year or something, or last season or something oh. like that. He's hilarious. Him and Kim Jong are really good to it, uh, kind of going off of each other. So he opened the show by yeah. singing Blurred Lines. Yes. And I guess yeah. he's never actually performed or sang. Yeah, it wasn't bad, though. Mm-mm. I mean, it wasn't as amazing as these other contestants, but it was not bad. 
Now, here's so did you notice that it looked like there were people in the audience this time? So I've heard they're t- doing shots from last season or previous seasons. Well, right? So I've heard that too. But this time it actually looked like like they were showing the judges and it looked like people were standing behind them or they were showing the stage and it looked like people were on the stage or like next to the stage. I don't know. It's all very confusing. It doesn't really matter. I was just confused. (laughs) I'm sure they wouldn't be doing that. They would get some heat, massive heat. Yeah, this is true. So this week, both of our TVs cut off before the end of the show. So we had to Google to find out that Brian Austin Green was the one revealed. I'm really sad that we didn't get to, like, actually see that. And I I get it. Nobody, like, at me, which is a new term by one of my uh, employees. No, no, that's that's been around for a while. Yeah, well, I don't know that term. (laughs) So she says it to me all the time. It's hilarious. I love it. But, like, I don't even remember. Oh, I know that I can look for it online. I was going to say YouTube. But I wanted to see him, like... I wanted to be able to see him take that hat off mm-hmm. and do the little banter and everything. But no, I had to look on Google. And none of the judges got it right. Um, someone yeah. guessed Jason someone Priestley. Guessed, yeah, Jason Priestley. So that someone, was the closest. And someone guessed his ex-wife, Megan Fox. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, his clues were towards Megan Fox. Mm-hmm. And Fox, like being on Fox and stuff like that. So it makes sense. All right. Yeah. Fun time. I'm glad you guys got me into this mass Singer thing. It's very entertaining. I love it. Yeah, I love it. All right, Big Brother. Oh, so much has happened with Big Brother. Oh, my goodness. So since we recorded last. <sighs> yes. Kevin and David were on the block. Yep. They were nominated by Cody. Kevin was the target, but then David went for the POV cash, and so people were like, maybe we should go for him. He's a loser. $10,000 is $10,000. And he was never going to make it to the end. Never. Like, I would have done the same thing. I realized why everybody was mad, but I was like, come on, you guys, even if you guys vote out Kevin tonight, Mm -hmm. the next time you're going to vote out David, like, give it up to the kid. Like, let it go. Right. So... I was like, good for him. I would have taken the cash, too. So Cody was HOH. Cody won POV, so noms did not change. We get to eviction night, and it's a triple eviction. They've never had a triple eviction, Amber. That was insane. I loved it, though. So much. I loved every minute. So fast-paced. Yes, I did, too. So first off, Kevin was evicted. Yep. By unanimous vote, I believe. Well, David and then Kevin. No, Kevin got evicted first. Everyone voted to evict Kevin. Then Memphis won, head of household, nominated David and Nicole. You are correct. I had to go back because it went so fast and I didn't take notes. I had to go back. Um, Memphis nominated David and Nicole. Christmas won the power power of veto but kept the noms the same because, you know, she's right up Memphis's rear end. Yeah. Um, And they go to vote. Tyler votes to evict Nicole. Christmas votes to evict Nicole because they had talked to Enzo and Enzo said, oh, yeah, I'll vote to evict Nicole. He did not. So David was evicted. But Nicole had two votes. That shook that little girl. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's been talked about a lot since then. 
It really has, yeah. And then Tyler won HOH. He did. He did a big move. He put Danny and Nicole on the block. Which I loved. Did Do you like Danny? No, I hate her. Okay. I, I wasn't a fan <laughs> either. I don't like her either. Um, he then also wins Power of Veto, keeps the nominations the same, and they voted Danny out. I was a little shocked they voted Danny out. But I guess Nicole hasn't been winning, so... Right. Nicole isn't a threat. I mean, she could get all the way to the end, and she's still not going to be a threat. And she was so butthurt, and Danny was butthurt, too, and blah, blah, blah. Did you watch last night's episode? I did watch last night's episode. Yeah, Danny's very sad. Oh, my God. So hurt that Cody would vote to evict her, because that's her best friend. I mean, I think in the end... Unless, I mean, if Nicole gets out, she could be thrown into this. But I think Devon and Danny are going to be, like, the worst people to vote in the end. Because they're so emotionally invested. And that's where they're getting into it. Where I have appreciated, even when, so, y'all know, I love Tyler. He's my guy. And I was so heartbroken last night. But he handled it so well. Wait. So, to get to that point, Cody won HOH after the triple eviction. <laughs> Again. Again. Yeah. He nominates Tyler and Christmas. And I wasn't yeah. sure if they were going to go after Tyler. I was hoping they wouldn't. And I know. then they did. And um, so Cody won. Yes, Cody uh, won okay. Power of Veto. Yep. And kept the nominations the same. Tyler was evicted by unanimous vote. Yeah. Well, and I think... Tyler knew that it was coming anyways, and he tried his best to try and, you know, get himself to stay. But he even admitted, he was like, their best move is to vote me out. Like, it's not to vote Christmas out, it's to vote me out. And if they hadn't taken a chance at Tyler right then and there, mm-hmm. then they would have never gotten another chance, I don't think. And that's kind of how it went down during Tyler's season anyways, which I'm still mad about, and I say it every season, every time we talk about it, but Casey shouldn't have won. Um, but Who's they Casey? failed to... I know. I know who Casey is. I was being sarcastic. Oh, yeah. Because nobody remembers her. She, it's ridiculous. But, but when he, like, he just kind of laughed it off and he got out and he was like, yeah, this is how it is. Like, I don't hold a grudge. Like, I just loved the way he handled it. And he appreciated the game and he knew that he was going to be the best option. I mean, even when Julie Chen asked him, Chen Mundes, Mundes, asked him if they made the right choice. He was like, yeah, they absolutely did. So it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next week or so. With him gone, because it's been Cody, Tyler, Memphis, Cody, Tyler, Memphis. I wonder who's going to win. You think Memphis will win HOH? I don't know. You know, I I said to Nick last night, and I know that both you and Nick tend not to like Enzo. But Meow, meow, can go bye-bye. He has done fairly well up to this point i think cody's played a good game but enzo stayed way under the radar until right when he needed to and so i don't know he's, he's got a, a good game big going right liar now. yeah but they're all big liars that's true but he's like he'll straight up lie to your face yeah that is the one thing i hate memphis but memphis fucking tells it like it is mm-hmm. every time some i mean when tyler comes to him and he's like are you gonna vote me out he's like i'm leaning towards it like, he tells them the truth, and I have to say, I do appreciate that, because I don't know that I would do that. 
But it's funny because Memphis has no idea that Cody knows about his yes. two final threes. And he's so cocky about it. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to blow up in his face. Memphis isn't going to win because of it. Oh, yeah. No. That's for sure. And Memphis will be very upset with Enzo. So if Enzo ends up final two, Cody, if if I were Cody, I would take Enzo to the final two. Oh, yeah. Because Enzo's making people mad. And Cody is playing a hell of a game, so it's it's yep. he can stand and he would rightfully win. Enzo yep. hasn't been winning as much, yeah, and he's been lying. So if people are emotional, they're gonna vote for Cody. If they're not, look at the stats. Cody won. Yep, that's Very my true. prediction. Not that I'm excited about it, but I don't know who yeah. I'm rooting for right now. I know. I think Cody will end up winning. I don't really want Nicole to win. I don't want Memphis to win. I don't think Nicole but, can win. She hasn't won anything. Yeah, I don't think she'll win. She played too many people and lied about it, and she did it in not the greatest way. Janelle tweeted, I think it was last night or today, she tweeted um, something about, like, you know it's a horrible season when you're rooting for Christmas to win. <laughs> Janelle is <laughs> sore. <laughs> no, she she's is sassy. Sore. She's always been sassy. Damn. Yeah, so ne- so it's on Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday of next week. Yes. We're down to the final six. Can't wait. So crazy. And like I said, Amazing Race starts next week. Bachelorette starts next week. Bachelorette starts next week. That's a We're very week, important. People. Very important. So yeah. we found this article about bizarre rules that you may or may not have known that The Bachelor and The Bachelorette leads have to follow. And I just want to run through them. There's quite a few. So are you ready to rapidly fire? Absolutely. Do you have it up? I do have it up. You go, girl. Oh, okay. All righty, ready. Um, so although this casting might seem like a dream come true. Um, sorry, I'm really Next trying slide. to struggle. Next slide. Thanks. Thanks. I was like, this does not tell me. It's a okay. slideshow. <laughs> so you can't read the news, which I think we all knew about it anyways, but I think it comes to a shock that you can't read the news at all. So it's not just like you You'd can't read the news about filter. Bachelor Nation. Right. Yeah. They could filter like it's a presidential time. Right? Nope. Matt Nothing. James, will he be filming still when the presidential election? Yeah. I know it's insane because um, so one of the things that they talk about is how uh, Andy Dorfman, when she was filming, she had no idea that the government had shut down during her season oh, until yeah. she got to the airport. And she's a dis- she was a district attorney at the time. And so she wasn't even sure if she had a job flying back from the bachelorette. It was crazy. So nuts. The next one, I think we've all heard this. You can't keep yeah. the ring if you break up before you... You can't keep the ring if you break up before being together for two years. Um, yes. And if you do, you have to give it right back. But, that is correct. But you do get to pick the own, your the diamond. That is, yes. Which is nice. I mean, it sounds like the bachelorettes get to basically design it mm-hmm. by dropping hints to the producers. So that's really nice. Because I have kind of wondered about that sometimes. Um, you do not get to plan your dates. Which I think we all kind of also knew. Uh, the but producers those date tend cards to do it. Lead you to believe that maybe they have some insight. 
Yeah. But then some of them are so dumb that I'm like, why would she ever or he do that? Um, but that's why sometimes like knowing that your date person is afraid of heights and then that's the date they get because the producers already knew that. So, of course, they're going to schedule them with the heights date. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. You have to film fake interviews months after things occur. As in production literally keeps clothes arranged by date. So that they can go back and film filler interviews. This one I thought was pretty interesting. Like I had a, I knew that they probably filmed interviews, like fake interviews a little bit later, but months later, months. I never would have thought that. It's ridiculous. Um, we also knew this. You have to give up your cell phone. Mm-hmm. Like you don't get your cell phone at all. And so um, you are completely cut off from the world. Um, and even though there are some people before you at me, um, <laughs> didn't Claire like that Tasha tweet? Well, normally the bachelorette or bachelor, a lot of them tend to have somebody else running their account. So that way people don't always know when they're filming. <laughs> Our title is going to be don't at me. Um, yeah, it's going to be great. You can't speak to just anyone on night one. Bachelorette Emily Maynard revealed in her book, I said yes, that those can I steal you moments um, during the very first rose ceremony are more orchestrated than it looks on TV because producers pretty much control who gets time with the lead, which makes me feel so much better because there tends to be a crazy person in the first night every set. I mean, I will say that some of these things in here, although I'm not all that thrilled with them, it does make me feel a lot better about the individuals that are the main lead because I get mad at them a lot. Right. So this next one kind of made me sad. Yeah. You don't always get to pick who gets the first impression, Rose. That one made me so sad. Um, It turns out that Emily wanted to... um, give Ari her first impression rose, but she wasn't allowed. She was basically talked into giving it to someone else less threatening to other contestants. Like how sad is that? It's so sad. Uh, That's horrible. And isn't it like a lot of the bachelor seasons, the first impression rose, or is it the other way around the bachelor? It's the other way. It's the bachelorette. The first impression rose, that person tends to be near the end. I also wonder if that tends to be, so Emily Maynard, I didn't watch her season, but from what I know, she tends to be a little bit more submissive. And so I wonder if some of these other bachelorettes have been more outspoken and said, no, absolutely not. Like, this is my first impression, Rose. This is what I'm going to do. So I do kind of wonder about that because that tends to be the person they end up with. So Mm -hmm. Um, you don't, um, you don't necessarily get to pick who goes home, which I kind of thought this might be the case. We did. Yeah. Um, so the show's contract allegedly states that The Bachelor and The Bachelorette must must follow all of producers' rules, directions, and instructions in all matters, including participant selection. Meaning, if someone you hate is bringing in good ratings, you're stuck with them. Mm-hmm. Which, this one, that one made me feel really good because I was like, okay. Luke P. Every time I'm so mad. Luke P. That, Yeah. This mother effer needs to be on the show. That's why. Now, this one, I already knew that Colton, because Colton had kind of um, talked about I'm this so before his book came one. out. <laughs> so you cannot show your uh, erection. So no boners, <laughs> people. 
um, for obvious reasons, uh, but that doesn't mean they don't happen. So as Colton Underwood kind of talks about the production or the producers are sensitive to guys who find themselves in a hard quote unquote situation. Um, and he didn't notice that until he didn't know that until he was in the ocean with Cassie in Thailand and production said they needed me for an interview and he was not ready to get out of the water. And so a lot of times they try to film around it and make sure that like something is hidden or you put like a pillow there or so things are strategically placed to try and help them, um, disguise their boners. But let me tell you that James season, I'm going to be on boner watch. And something happened with Ben Higgins. Wasn't there a picture or something that was posted with him and Jojo? Um, yeah, Where they were in the water, um, in front of a waterfall, kissing, and... Yep. Yeah. And he was like, eh? hey, man, it happens. It's so, natural, guys. It's just like farting. Let yes. it go. Um, while we're on the topic, um, you're supposed mm-hmm. to use protection. Um, note that condoms are straight up provided during the fantasy suites, at least according to Bachelor Crystals. And it wouldn't make nothing but sense that they would provide condoms. Right. Which I also think that we've heard before. And again, going into fantasy suites, um, they're allowed to literally prepare their bodies. So, um, Andy Dorfman talks about how she did extra crunches in the gym. She shaved her legs and even got the unbearable but necessary Brazilian wax, which that shit hurts. I've never done it's not it. Not okay. Never done I've it. I've done it a few times. Not recently, but a while ago, and it was not ideal. Um, I've heard this next one. You can't say process. Sean Lowe told Glamour that anytime you call it a process, they'll make you retape it and say journey. That's hilarious. It is. It's quite and ridiculous. Funny. Yes. Agreed. So you don't pick where you propose. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be up to Mr. Henchman himself, Chris Harrison. Uh, Sean Lowe revealed in his memoir that they planned a gorgeous setting, including a bridge and a pond that they dug just for the occasion. So that was all. So producers. it's not like it's they're putting them in the slums to propose. They're always. Right amazingly beautiful but they're produced they are like everything else i would not hesitate to agree to this next one you have to agree to a full makeover while contestants have to fend for themselves bachelor and bachelorettes get a full-blown makeover from abc complete with custom tailored suits for the men and gorgeous gowns for the women i mean why not let's do it up um They have to keep their casting entirely secret. I mean, we knew that, but literally the entire world, including grandparents, parents, blah, blah, blah. um, No one can confirm the news until ABC is ready to say that you are the bachelor or bachelorette. That Taysha replaces. Yeah. Yep. (sighs) You have to look the part. The bachelor loves itself a bikini moment, and Emily Maynard said she had to wear skimpy swimsuits in 50-degree Bermuda weather because producers wanted the shot. Oh, hell no. Uh, Yeah. No. This is why I can never be on this show. I would be purple. I would be purple. Yeah. For sure. Uh, You can't contact your contestants before filming, which we all know this has happened. Especially that since thanks to spoilers, most of them are revealed in advance anyways before the show even goes into production. Um, So there were rumors that Claire Crowley broke this rule with Dale Moss, but they've since been firmly shut down by Dale's sister. 
maybe uh, she's teaming up with Claire and Dale to prevent them from right? having to pay money. I don't know. Yeah. Was that a good idea? No. Hi, Piper. <laughs> um, you aren't allowed to interact off camera. The nugget of info comes from Sean Lowe again, who said in his book that there is an ironclad rule of no interactions off camera. And I didn't put his other information in the notes. Can you share that about the cute little note that he and Catherine exchanged about Snuggleville? Uh, no, because I think that's on the cosmopolitan one. Oh, okay. And I, so I guess do it from the Yahoo when they were getting ready to fly somewhere, um, on his little boarding pass, he wrote Snuggleville, um, for Catherine. Yeah. That's I cute. thought that was adorable. They're adorable. Uh, next, you aren't supposed to have sex before the fantasy suite. So this rule does get broken occasionally, but it usually happens without producers noticing. Unless cameras are literally filming, which was the case with Bachelor Ben Flagnick, who had sex with Courtney Robertson in the ocean. Uh, ben and I did have sex in the ocean. Um, she talks about in her memoir um on camera so it was immediate but it was only for 20 seconds and um it was just the tip and we all know that bachelorette uh our love caitlin bristow also had sex with nick vile uh beforehand so we know what happens and they let her bring him in her room so it's not like they Uh, put a stop to it and i think claire had sex with um juan pablo in the ocean didn't she oh i think you may be right yeah (laughs) you can request a therapist colton did apparently the therapist was on site during production of his season well that says a lot Mm -hmm. i mean i think it's good that they offer that but you know um Mm -hmm. you sometimes have to take speech classes so jillian harris says that producers made her go to speech therapy to lose her accent which i think is horrible um apparently they didn't like her canadian accent so they made her go to speech therapy but after three or four classes the producers realized that she was losing her quirkiness and so they canceled the classes she was not offended um because she was the show's first out of the country person so they were just afraid that americans wouldn't be able to connect this next one's kind of a duh you can't be seen yeah. in public with your winner, but we know Caitlin accidentally Snapchatted Sean in her bed before the reveal. But she was forgiven. They didn't come after her for money. Right? Even though, I mean, she's done a lot of things outside mm-hmm. of character. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Oh, my computer's not working. Oh, no. So, Piper, stop. Uh, producers actually turn it out for the couple, though. So since couples can't go to public um, or go out in public, they start life together post-engagement, and producers hook them up with a swanky hotel before they go their separate ways. As Andy Dorfman revealed that her and Josh were given a sprawling mansion overlooking the Caribbean equipped with a manicure lawn, pool, hot tub, and a full-time staff. And we all know that they have little rendezvous as well. Mm-hmm. As we all know, you can't eat foods on, food on the dates. They um, send them food in their hotel rooms beforehand so they can only look at the beautiful food that's put in front of them. They can't eat it. Thank Jesus. Because that noise is just drive. You were just chewing and talking. I don't have any food in my mouth. But like two minutes oh, ago. But it's, the, it's not the chewing and talking. 
It is the noise of chewing. Okay. All right. It is the smacking. <laughs> and I haven't eaten all day. What do you want from me? I'm sorry. I didn't eat breakfast. I didn't eat lunch. I didn't even eat snacks. I'm sorry. I gum on my way home. I'm sorry. Okay. Hangry much? <laughs> Hangry much? Yes. Don't yes. at me, Amber. <laughs> That's a new phrase for sure. Okay. Uh, you can't give contestants a heads up about hometowns. So um, Brad Womack got into big trouble when he told Emily Maynard that she was getting a hometown date before the rose ceremony. She said in her book, all bachelors and bachelorettes were sternly warned not to spoil any surprises on camera. But Brad did get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I just realized that my thing about Sean Lowe was in this next point, which is you can't have sanctioned one-on-one time. So I actually have the words to read. Sean managed to sneak a cute note during a flight where he crossed out the de- destination on his airline ticket and wrote Snugglesville instead to let her, he know, let her know that he wanted to cuddle. Super cute. That could have um, been in either point, though. It could have been, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can't kiss in front of other people. They do. This makes no sense. They do in proximity, but it's not like you're standing in a group and start making out, right? Except for uh, Leslie Murphy. I didn't. And Sean Lowe hmm. did the whole um, world oh, Guinness Book of World right. Records. But the the other girls oh, were one on one. Yeah. Yep, you are correct. So you're not supposed to make out with the lead in front of everybody else. You're going to make it weird for everybody else. I remember that was a thing we didn't do on JoJo season. And this is coming from Wells Adams. Love him. Um, love him. And that's why it's can I steal you or go talk or make out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not supposed to say I love you. I think that's why Ben Higgins got in trouble for saying I'm falling in love with you. Um, but Ali Fenitowski confirmed as much to Nick Vile on her blog saying, when I was the bachelorette, the producers were always like, don't tell someone you love them. Don't tell them. It's a rule. You're not supposed to say it because you can change your mind. I mean, yeah. And I could give away who's winning the season. Yep. Oh, um, so next you can get fined $5 million for spoilers, which I think, um, Caitlin had mentioned once before in one of her podcasts, but. Um, in case you were wondering why Claire and Tasha are staying quiet about their messy season, it's because apparently uh, $5 million, they don't want to lose that. New. No. Fair. You have to agree to code names. What would your code name yeah. be, Amber, for you and Nick? Angry Unicorn. <laughs> that would be He's you? He's angry. And your unicorn. Oh, okay. Yeah. Angry He's, and unicorn. What is the... Because there's that um, character, the angry from... Um, what is the movie? Yep. It's the it's the Pixar movie of yep. like all of the feelings. He's angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is and it I'm called? a sparkly unicorn. What is it called? I have no idea. Emotions, feelings, I don't know. Something like Pixar. The up. Something up? Is it up? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's the movie up. Oh. Are you Googling? Oh uh, yeah. What is it? Uh, Inside Out. Inside Out. I watched it like three times one weekend with the kids. I love so Inside ridiculous. Out. Um, so I guess Sean and Catherine were Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, yeah. So cute. cute. Um, go ahead. 
so side note in regards to the fact that you are not allowed to spoil or do any spoilers, as uh, Janet had already pointed out, Caitlin accidentally spoiled that Sean Booth won her season by Snapchatting him in bed. But ABC apparently forgave her and she never had to pay out the $5 million. We knew that. Oh, we're backwards because here's the code name thing. Next. It's All you, right. right. We, uh, you have zero <laughs> rights to your own dang wedding. The goal of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette is getting engaged, right? Cool. Well, if you actually go through with the wedding, please don't forget you've sold your soul to the ABC devil. Um, they own the exclusive rights to everyone's nuptials. And I think, like, Caitlin, when her and Sean were together, made several comments about how ABC didn't seem interested in hosting their wedding. Well, Des never, Des and um, Chris never got a wedding either. They, I mean, they got a wedding, obviously, but uh, ABC never wanted anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, on the other hand, I don't care. As long as I get some say in it, if you guys are paying, have at it. Right? I don't want to have to pay for it. I'm good with it. Uh, so you cannot opt out of dates. I know what you're thinking. Claire Crowley refused to come out of her room for dates. Thanks to falling in love with Dale Moss. Well, from what we hear, she was. Well, it's not confirmed. We've heard that happen. Well, <laughs> you should next... have just seen the facial expression Amber <laughs> threw at me. Don't at me, Amber. Go ahead. Sorry. Because <laughs> well, the next item is that she was also recast. So not to mention trapped on set until filming was over. So there you go. I don't think I didn't copy those notes into my notes. <laughs> you have to stay mic'd up literally all the time. Leslie Hughes told the Daily Beast that they are on you at all times. As soon as you wake up in the morning, your mic is put on. When you go to bed, it's taken off. What about when you have to pee? Yeah, I think you still mic up. And then they just listen to you pee. Or what if you have to pee? And poop. Ooh. Sploosh. Hope you don't have diarrhea. Oh, God, yeah. Sorry, I went weird. So, <laughs> I thought that this next one was actually going to be all the way back talking about fantasy suites, but you got to take an STD test, which actually I'm kind of comforted to hear. Mm-hmm. But safety first, people. Tests are crazy on the set, but honestly, it makes sense given that many bachelor and bachelorettes end up having sex in the fantasy suite. So let's play it safe, people. Right? That kind of leads into the next one. So take it away. Oh, you got to take a coronavirus test. This is Claire Crowley and Dale Moss. Oh, there's a photo. Sorry, guys. There's a photo of Claire and Dale kissing on the set uh, in the middle of a global pandemic. You better believe they were tested for coronavirus first. In fact, the entire cast and crew were tested recent, or I'm sorry, regularly throughout production, which makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. You have to wake up super early, which I kind of always thought, and you stay up super late. Emily Maynard revealed in her tell-all book, I said yes. How many times is that book going to be dropped in this article? Oh, right. Um, guys, no joke. Group dates start at 9 a.m. and go until midnight. So if they start at 9 a.m., you wake up at 6 to shower, get pretty, do the things. Yeah. Unless you have Amber's beautiful eyelashes. I know. Side Thank note, you. Amber has glitter. And I do. Aqua blue. Yeah, it's like a tealish aqua kind of color. Yeah. Yeah, there you Eyelashes. go. Eyelashes. Anyway, sorry. They're go gorge. Ahead. And finally, you are not allowed to break up until ABC says so. 
So let's say Claire and Dale break up tomorrow. Sad times. But more importantly, they aren't allowed to go public with the split until the end of the season is or until the end of the season due to spoilers. So case in point, these two. And it shows a photo of Peter and Hannah Ann. Mm-hmm. Um so that makes a lot of sense as to why people are already so angry by the time they break up on camera because they've been told they can't do it until right then. So they're probably more mad at ABC than the person they're breaking up with. Right. Mm-hmm. So next week, we're going to go over Matt James's women. We're not going to we do are. that. Because we have plenty of time. Plenty yes. of time. Um, we are so right. next week, we're recording on a Tuesday, the same night The Bachelorette starts. So we're going to drop Matt James's women and then we'll start talking all about Bachelorette stuff the following week. That's right. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is 2020 hair trends. Woohoo. Do it. Because yes. I'm ready to shave my head at this point. What? You did that. Yeah. I know. And it wasn't that bad. I don't know why everybody complains about it. <laughs> Why do you want to shave your head? Because sometimes the hair just gets annoying. Like right now, I'm just. Do you think it's because you had a shaved head for a while and you realized how freaking easy it was? Yeah. And I didn't look bad bald. You did not. So, I mean, even when it grew back, like I kind of liked it when it was like little short hair growing back. It wasn't bad. Why don't you do like short, spiky stuff? Ah, because. I don't like keeping my hair at a pixie length because I have to go into the every uh, three hair weeks. place. Yeah, I don't like that. I want it to be low maintenance. So that's why my hair is in a top knot like every day. Yeah, definitely. A uh, pandemic has made me embrace the, the messy bun. And mm-hmm. I don't wear makeup, yep. but like twice a week now. I know. With my eyelashes, <laughs> I don't even need makeup. Mm. All right. So. Um, this is from Bustle, um, and they reached out to Frederick Fakai of Fakai Brands, Paul Mitchell's Paula Peralta, um, 901 stylist Sierra Kenner, celebrity hairstylist Derica Trailer, and Kim Kimball, and trademark beauty co-founder Joseph Main to get the lowdown on the hairstyles people will be rocking as the weather starts to turn cool and sweaters start to come out, and we start to rock our, our boots and drink our pumpkin spice lattes and jump in piles of leaves. Yes. So, so go ahead. You kick one, us off. I love the first one because I think that I want my hair shorter, which is a crazy thing that I never thought that I would say. But the first one is bobs. So they are saying that um, this is going to be super popular this fall because people aren't as concerned about having longer hair to style blowouts or updos now that it's time to try. So it's now time to try something different. Short hair is freer. It's chick. Chic, 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 and has more movement. Plus, when you wear those big bulky sweaters with turtlenecks, it fits easier. And so uh, the most, impo- most important thing to get the stylist to make sure that you use tools like Pinterest and Instagram to gather inspiration and show your stylist before the hair appointment so that way they can make sure that they're giving you the best uh, color, cut, and um, healthy hairstyle. And I do think anything, anytime you want to get your hair done. Like right now, I'm obsessed with oh, the yeah. curly hair. So there is this curly-haired blonde that every time I'm like, remember, hairstylist, this is my goal. Yeah. Long, curly blonde hair. Um, the yeah. next one we kind of already talked about, pixie cuts. 
So um, a hairstylist that's a celebrity hairstylist and the author of All Hair is Good Hair sees shortcuts like Pixies for fall 2020. People are going to want a fresh start and will be ready for a dramatic change. Um, she says to talk to your stylist to determine which pixie style works best for your face shape. Not all, everybody yep. has a pixie face. Yeah, this is true. Next is baby bangs. Which I don't, I don't agree. know. I, yeah, I don't agree with this. No, no. Um, I don't agree with bangs in general. Some people look great with them. I personally, no. I have it's a big forehead. I, I would love to rock bangs, but only like a fourth of the time do they look okay. Well, and again, it's a lot of maintenance. Like you got to make sure that you're trimming them all the time or when you're going to grow them out, it's a pain in the ass. So for fall 2020, expect to see baby bangs rise in popularity. Baby bangs are just the right amount of change baby that people bangs. are craving when the seasons change. Baby and so bangs. it's easy to toss up your hair and keep your little baby bangs baby down bangs. to spice it up. That's fun to um, say. Have your, <laughs> have your stylist part a triangle uh, section at the top of your hairline, grabbing from the left and right sides. Pull the hair in front of your face and cut to the desired length that you want your baby bangs. From there, you can part and slide down each side, blending them with the rest of your hair. Please do not do this, people. <laughs> Just don't. Just don't. The next one I get naturally since I, I bleach my hair, long layers. Meghan Markle is practically the spokesperson for one of Fall's biggest trends, long layers. Um, a hair expert says long layers of all kinds will be popular for Fall because they don't require much maintenance. Amber, for those looking to try something more inventive, um, shaggy layered looks will offer style without the need for constant upkeep. There you go. Mm -hmm. However, as I already talked about, I'm on to the next one, mm -hmm. which is top knots. I am a big fan of top knots. Um, fall 2020 isn't just about cuts, and Peralta doesn't see easy, quick styles like top knots going anywhere anytime soon. We've got to be camera ready for those last minute virtual meetings and more and more of the do-it-yourself hair trends are shaped by our safe at-home lifestyle. So for her, top knots still rain and work for most hair types. And if you want the opposite of a pixie, that takes us to the next thing, which I would love to just be able to do this. I've been growing my hair out for years. It won't grow because I bleach it. Long lengths. <laughs> While some are calling for a return for shorter styles like the bob and the pixie, we'll also see a lot of longer links, mid-length bobs, and longer layers. These are much easier to grow out if you can't get into the salon regularly. Yep. That's why I grow mine and put it in a top knot. Mm -hmm. But you can also use hair accessories. So, Peralta predicts that front-facing styles, ones that keep interest near the face, will be popular as well as hair accessories to help disguise moments when you haven't had time to give yourself a full-on blowout. Uh, Peralta recommends trying styles like a clip-in ponytail or a hairpiece like clip-in bangs if you want to experiment with something fun and easy. Don't have time to shampoo and your hair isn't cooperating? Consider using a scarf as a hair accessory. Please do not use clip-in bangs. No. I have definitely used a scarf as a hair accessory. Oh, On for work sure. days where I'm like, snooze, 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 crap, I gotta go. Scarf yeah. it up. So if you see me wearing a scarf at work, you know what's up. I slept there in. There you go. This next one, blunt cuts. They've been popular for a while now. Think of those blunt bob wigs Kim Kardashian wears. But according to the professionals, the style will be popular no matter what your length is. 
Um, they add that the look is easy to maintain, a common theme for most 2020 trends. With its blunt ends, any cut will grow out evenly, causing little need for continuous salon visits. Plus, it's chic. There you go. Uh, sleek side parts. I'm not sure I necessarily agree with this, but celebrity hairstylist Andrew Fitzsimmons sees sleek, chic side parts being popular for fall of 2020. He tells Bustle that many people have grown out extra length over summer and will be looking for new ways to style their hair. So a simple, sleek side part will do the trick. He says that celebs like Chloe and Kylie, why do we always go to the Kardashians? Have been sporting the look lately, but you can make it your own by adding a French braid or rhinestone accessories to one side. I personally do not like this just because it looks like your hair is either A, greasy, or B, wet. Mm-hmm. So, no. And the last one, curtain bangs. I can get down with curtain bangs. I can do it, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not the, uh, since baby bangs... I had to say it again, um, are a trend. Don't think it's the only trend out there because curtain bangs are going to bring us into cooler weather. Um, it's good for those that want to change their hair without lopping off several inches or switching up their color. The style's already popular among celebrities like Hilary Duff, Dakota Johnson, and Ciara. Um, they've all rocked this look. No Kardashian mentioned. Thank you. With you. So Thank glad you. they're going away. Yeah. So what are you listening to, Amber? Uh, you know, I'm still um, listening to my book on tape, which is Bridged by Kendra Elliott. Um, I've also been going back and forth with music, just kind of listening um, to music a little bit more. Um, so that's why I'm still reading my Bridged. But I don't have anything new that I've been listening to. What about you? Nothing podcast, nothing music. I am my book club book. I started reading it and then I realized I don't have time. So I was able to check it out from the audio version in my oh, library. Nice. So the Tattooist of Auschwitz, I'm down to like an hour. Um, and that's the thing about a book club that I like and dislike at the same time. It pushes you to read things that would not normally be your jam. This is yeah. not normally my jam, but I'm into the story and it's it's about the Holocaust. So, um, but it's definitely a personal story and it's just, it's got me. Um, yeah. But it's not a book that I could, I could do. Are you reading anything? Like actual reading of a book? Uh, no, not right now. So. Just listening. I just finished, um, another Megan Miranda, not sponsored, but she should, um, book. (laughs) And that's called The Safest Lies. Um, It's about a girl named Kelsey who's lived most of her life in a shadow of suspicion, raised to see danger everywhere. Her mother hasn't set foot outside of their front door for 17 years since she escaped from kidnappers when she was 17. Kelsey knows she's supposed to keep a low profile, but she has this crazy car accident and is rescued by a volunteer fireman, Ryan Baker, who's also in her math class. And then a few days later... After the it, the press, she arrives home, her mother is gone, and things spiral. It's crazy. I love Megan Miranda. <laughs> She's an amazing author. Nice. Oh, my God. Pause for Polly. What are you watching? Outside of um, everything we talked about tonight. I know. I really only have time to watch what we're talking about. Like, I haven't watched anything new. I have been wanting to look at some stuff on Netflix. I've heard... Uh, the social, oh yeah, social, the social something social is really good. Google, 
Yeah. You have a computer in front of you. I know. Netflix. The social game, the social experiment, the social... Social dilemma? Social dilemma! Yes. Yes. I've heard that. I've heard that's really good. Um, And I've been told to watch it multiple times, but I have not watched it yet. Um, And so, other than that, I'm just watching our stuff and... That's about it right now. So, I've been watching Hallmark fall things. Hallmark <laughs> Christmas things hit October 24th. Very excited Ooh. about that. And also on Netflix, there's... See, husband's gone. Can you tell? Yeah. This will all change. Um, on Netflix, there's a new one called Emily in Paris. And it's about this girl who oh. lands her dream job in Paris. She's a Chicago marketing executive, um, and she kind of embraces her new life, juggling work, friends, and romance, and it stars Lily Collins. I really like her. Oh, yeah. I've heard about that one, actually, somehow. Maybe on TikTok I heard about it. How is TikTok? You haven't TikToked in a while. So I haven't TikToked in a while, but I do watch TikTok all the time. And, you know, I have to say, people are flocking to TikTok, and I think the reason is because... It was going to be taken away, right? Oh, it was going to be taken away, but it's, it's so easy to find your own algorithm and to find the things that make sense to you. So every time I log on, I see nothing but positivity. There was a woman who, um, her name was Tia, Tia B, and she is currently in the hospital fighting, um, leukemia and she's been fighting it for like 180 days. She also got tested positive for COVID and um, there's this group of positive guys that spread positivity on, on TikTok. And what they did is they created an entire day devoted to Tia. Mm-hmm. So on October 7th, everybody wore red and everybody danced for Tia because Tia couldn't dance. And so when I logged on to TikTok, all I saw was positive dancing and positive thoughts and hope for her. And it was amazing. And so, you know, when Facebook is turning into this world, that is nothing but negative and people arguing and people losing friendships over politics and wearing a mask, you go to TikTok and these people that you don't know brighten your day. And there's this one woman that I follow in California and she wears this gold leotard and she calls herself a golden unicorn club or something like that. And she goes out on the street on her sidewalk on a busy street and dances and she does like crazy, like stupid dances. Like they're not like choreographed, right? She's just being stupid and funny and she's wearing leotards and I love it. And she comments on everybody's stuff when they comment on her. And so I got to tell you, I still love TikTok. It's all about the positivity and it's so much better than Facebook. Nice. So feel it on the first. It is the ninth, but feel it on the first. What is that all about? Amber? Well, this month is extra special. So feel it on the first is uh, making sure that you set aside a time every month, at least once a month, whether you are female or male, to feel your breasts and feel um, under your armpits and make sure that you're looking for any type of lumps, discoloration, um, just anything that doesn't feel right. Any single lump, whether it's pea-sized or golf ball size. Uh, make sure that you're noticing that. And the minute you feel a lump, no matter what it is, do not wait, get in and see your doctor. But on top of that, October is breast cancer awareness month. So it's extremely important this month that um, those of us that have gone through breast cancer, get our stories out and make sure that we are promoting uh, breast cancer awareness and how to be an advocate for your own health. I haven't seen a lot of breast cancer awareness month. 
And it will, it's hard because um, those of us that have gone through breast cancer and part of that community, um, October tends to be something called pink washing. And it's where every, every company tries to make money off of pink washing. So they brand everything with this is for breast cancer awareness or this is pink, buy for this. But make sure that you know where your money's going. Um, research before you buy. It. Yeah. It's, I've seen quite a bit of it, but, um, you know, there's like wine and there's, um, I haven't seen like a lot little, of it this year. This is the first year where I was like, Oh yeah. I do think it has been a little bit downplayed this year just because of everything, everything else, else going on. Yeah. And I think the breast cancer community, um, has spoken out so much about pink washing and how frustrating it is to know that all of these people everywhere are purchasing items that they think are going to breast cancer awareness. And at the end of the day, there's only like two cents really going to breast cancer mm -hmm. foundations. Um, and although I am a breast cancer survivor, there is a little bit of me that is sad that there are not other cancers out there that are getting the same attention. Um, last month for September, it was ovarian cancer awareness and there was not the same. You didn't see teal everywhere. Um, so that's something that we are all banding together to try and get um, communication out. And maybe we should here on this podcast make sure that we highlight that yeah. stuff that's being missed. Um, another thing that's coming up this weekend, October 10th, that's tomorrow, is World Mental, Illness, Mental yes. Health Awareness Day. <laughs> um, and I think now, like, we have um, someone that we, an acquaintance that like all of a sudden he died last week and i was like steve what happened um he's like i don't know i'll find out come to find out he had started drinking more his wife had no idea to the point where his liver and, and kidneys shut down and it, it's stuff like yeah. that people aren't okay right now and no. we just have to remind people to reach out you know yeah don't be afraid you, to talk to your, like, he, he would tell her, oh, I don't want to bother you with my things. Right. Don't. And it's hard. Because now she right is now, now just heartbroken because he's gone. Yeah. I know. I think that's the thing is that everybody has to understand that somebody around you has noticed that something has changed. Mm -hmm. They're reaching out. They're asking you what has changed. Why are you drinking more? Why are you doing these different things? look to those people because they want to help you. They're not just asking to ask. It's not just, Hey, how you doing? They're asking because they've noticed something is different. So take that time and that opportunity to say, you know what? I'm not doing okay right now. And talk to somebody uh, because sometimes even just, even the fact that that other person can't do something about it, just talking about it really helps. My cycle bar instructor this morning said something very similar to that. She said that she ran into um, an old friend at a liquor store and was like, oh, hey. And then like a little bit later, that person called her and was like, how are you? And she, you know, typically would be like, yeah, I'm good. She's like, you know, some days not good. Yeah. And she's like, it felt uncomfortable to say it, but it started that conversation. Yeah. Don't we all need to be a little bit more. Conversation comfortable with being real with one another instead of always trying to just show the highlight reel. Yeah. So speaking of cycle bar, did your Peloton arrive? Yeah. My Peloton came yesterday. I thought that would be like what you were all about. Have you read it? Ridden it? So I have not ridden it yet. Um, this week has been extremely stressful and extremely tiring at work. 
Um, and so I was very tired this morning, uh, but I am planning on getting on it tomorrow morning. Um, and so I will be hopefully starting that tomorrow morning. You know, you could write it while you watch like the mass singer and big brother. Well, I could, but it's downstairs and it's not near a TV. You need to fix that. Do you watch Blake? Yeah. Blake Horseman? He watches Nuggets games. He watches Dancing with the Stars on his Peloton. And it, you need to fix yeah. that. You need that in your living room. Just move it to the living room. Nick won't mind. <laughs> we'll see. All right. We'll Do you see. have your positive folly? Yes. Uh, go forward in life with a twinkle in your eye and a smile on your face, but with great and strong purpose in your heart. Nice. And then from our wine book, um, number 24, before getting to work with that corkscrew, make sure you always remove the foil from the bottle top. This is usually either plastic or soft metal and can be easily cut around um, just below the lip of the bottle. Then give the top of the bottle a wipe to get rid of any residue. I feel like some people, especially if they've had a couple, yeah, that stuff. <laughs> They're like, just give me the wipe. For sure. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Amber, so much for joining me on this very special Friday episode of Two Girls in a Bottle yeah. of Wine. We'll be back Tuesday. So just in a few days, you're going to get sick of me. No. And I better see some Peloton action on your Insta stories. Oh, and there will be action. Where can people find you? It's A-Rod. A-Rod underscore 012017. And I think that's how I am on everything, on Twitter and on Instagram. Awesome. Go follow her because when she does post, which isn't as often recently, but when she does, yeah. it's usually cute dog stuff, cute lash stuff, cute Peloton stuff. It's all the cuteness. She really focuses on the glitter. I try. All right. Bye.